Would you bow your heads for a moment, please? Lord, I am honored to serve you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, may only the truth be spoken this morning and only the truth be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I'm privileged to fill in for Father David this morning, and uh, I'm also grateful for him jerry-rigging the order of the scriptures a bit, because (laughs) he said there was a hard reading today, and as uh, Roy pointed out in the first line of the gospel reading, was the the disciple saying, this is a hard saying. (laughs) Well, he... uh, gave me a reading today about praise and worship, so what more can I ask for? Since our scripture reading this morning is a song of praise from King David, I thought I would open with a few lines from another ancient songwriter by the name of Marvin Gaye. (laughs) Do you remember the lyrics from the song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough? I'm not brave enough to sing it. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. Marvin Gaye's song of praise, praise is friendship. And that's important. We really need friends like that. King David's song in 2 Samuel this morning goes far beyond friendship to the steadfast love, grace, and mercy of God. Marvin sings, if you need me, call me, I'll be there. King David's song of praise is that God was always there for him. First verse of 2 Samuel 22, David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies. You can almost feel David's ecstasy that sense in his voice, the joy. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. One commentary suggests that 2 Samuel 22 might have been David's first rendition of Psalm 18. If you look that one up later, you'll see they are very similar. David's grand tribute of thanksgiving for deliverance from his numerous and powerful enemies and established him in the power and glory of the kingdom. The commentary goes on to say, Jewish writers have noticed a great number of very minute variations in the language of the song as recorded here from that embodied in the book of Psalms, which may account for the fact that this, the first copy of the poem, was carefully revised and altered by David afterwards when he set it to music in the tabernacle. So scripture is repeated. When scripture is repeated in the Bible, it must be important. It is important. 
So here are three questions I wanted to address this morning. Number one, was God, was this, the, this song important to David? Number two, where do we see Jesus in David's song? Number three, how can we apply David's song in our lives? Question one, why was this song important to David? Let's start by looking back a little bit at how David got to this point in his life. From the time we first met David, way back in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, we know that he was special. God sent Samuel to anoint this ruddy, handsome young shepherd to be the future leader of God's people. It was set in motion way back then. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. It rushed. What does that sound like to you? Day of Pentecost? I'm not sure if we even know David's relationship with God before his anointing, but following his anointing, there was a very close relationship between David and the Lord. David prayed and worshipped God. Like any lasting relationship, it began, was nurtured, strengthened through conversation. You and I might call that dialogue, talking and listening, sharing thoughts and ideas and formulating decisions together. With God, we call that prayer. It is important to note the biblical examples of prayer portray Yahweh as a God who listens, not a deity who is distant. That makes us very unique in Christianity. Prayer is conversation, and conversations go both directions. So be sure to include listening in your prayer, too. Scripture reflects David's love and gift for music. At a young age, this skilled musician played his harp for Saul when Saul's heart was troubled. And later, King, King David instituted the music programs in the temple in 1 Chronicles 25 and wrote more, than, more of the book of Psalms than anyone else. Our reading today became one of those psalms, as I mentioned, Psalm 18. David has an intimate relationship with God through prayer and worship. They were inseparable. Now David had a hard and rocky life, but through good times and bad, one thing, David never gave up on God. So he prayed and worshipped the Lord. Prayers of petition supplication, thanksgiving and praise, hymns and lament. Our journey through the book of Samuel will end in just a couple of chapters. David is in the winter of his life now, if you will. He is reflecting upon his life and reign as king. In this split reading, verses 1 to 7 praises God for how he was always there. In the second part of this reading, we see David praising God for rescuing him. Verses 17 and 18, He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. 
He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hate me, for they were too mighty for me. David saw God do what he could not do. Verse 19, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. On how many occasions did David find himself in some distressful event, perhaps marked with great loss, lasting distress or suffering? By some divine intervention, God rescued David from the forces too mighty for him. Praising God in verse 20, David says he brought me out into a broad place. Being brought out into a broad place, you get the sense that the pressure has been lifted off David. And now David's in a safe place and free to live a more normal life. When David listened to God and was obedient, God was pleased. Like when he was being hunted by Saul and refused to kill him when he had the chance, but instead he left it up to the Lord to vindicate him. This pleased the Lord and he protected David. Then again, when David strayed from the Lord and sought a romantic affair with Bathsheba, wife of Uriah, the Lord sent the prophet David and he exposed David's sin. God still loved him, however there would be consequences for his actions. Question two, where do we see Jesus in David's song? Well, we see a prelude of what is to come through Jesus. As we journey through the book of Samuel, we begin to understand what, we begin to understand rather, what David saw through obedience to the law and the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. We now see more clearly the complete atonement of sin that Jesus paid on the cross. We look upon David's obedience to God and we see God's protection and favor. We know that King David was not perfect. We read of David's disobedience, which leads to sin. But it wouldn't be too hard on David. As the saying goes, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. In other words, we should not criticize other people for bad qualities and their character that may well be in ourselves as well. So look ahead at his actions. Look ahead instead to his actions following his transgressions. What did, what did David do afterwards when he knew he did wrong? David confessed his sin to God, he, which brings about forgiveness and deliverance, leading to worship, worshiping God. Well, here we are in today's scripture. There is David looking back over his life, praising God for all that he has done. David never gave up on God. Can we say the same? Or when God doesn't seem to answer our prayers, when we expect he should, do we wonder if he's listening to us? Worse yet, do we question if God even exists? No, that wasn't David. In faith, David prayed and worshipped. He poured out his heart in prayer. He enforced his faith with worship. 
David is saying, look, here is my God. Look how powerful he is. I trust him to save me. In those hard times, would we love to just have that faith of David? 2 Samuel twenty two twenty one, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me. David spoke in faith. Joyce Baldwin, in her commentary, said there is a righteousness according to the law, which does not fall into pride or hypocrisy, and the Lord does honor that. That was the time that David was in. Now, in Jesus, there's a better righteousness. Christ is the perfect atonement now for our sin. Look at Romans 3, verses 21 to 25. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received in faith. And if you're keeping track, question three. <laughs> now, how can we apply David's song in our life? Well, I think that depends greatly on our, our current view of life these days and the circumstances we might be in. Are you wondering if... It, you're, are you wondering, is it possible that after all these years to have a close relationship with God like David did? Would you like to rekindle a love you once had with Jesus? Perhaps you or someone you're, you know is seeking something better in their life, but they don't know what it is yet. Or have you lost all hope in living? Well, know this. You were made in the image of God to have a relationship with Jesus. How can we apply David's song in our lives? Well, it begins with prayer, much like David. It can be just very simple. God, I need you. Lord, forgive me. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Seek the kind of faith that David had, and I believe trust will follow not out of anything you do, but out of God's grace and love for you. Imagine your faith in your heavenly Father becoming like David's. Do you ever wonder what the future will bring and, or ponder the past? David did. I think life is kind of like a scale there. The future on one side and the past in the other. When you are young, you have little of the past. Your thoughts may be more about the now and on the future. There are exceptions. You just look at a little child going through a life-threatening illness or dealing with severe emotions or a young person in an accident. But when all is well, the young tend to 
think of themselves as invincible. I think we all have a one time or another. We could do anything. <laughs> and thank God God was there to save us. Enjoy life and living in the moment. That's what's in their eyes when they're young. And David's song is probably irrelevant to them. As you age, the events of your life gradually tip the scales a bit. They begin to tip and because you've got more of a past and memories as well as the future. You might reflect on the past events, but much of your life is still to live. You continue to look to the future and it should be that way. And then it hits you. As I think a few others might attest, you're getting older. For me, that began actually a few years ago. For the first time, I kind of saw the end of the road. You know, you're going along, you never think about what's happening tomorrow, but uh, many of my family members, and I'm the baby in my family, many of my family members are in their 80s. But I find myself thinking, well, that's only another 20 years or so away, and now the road doesn't look so long. I, I was seeing, as the adage says, the adage, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Well, that's kind of like what, <laughs> what life is like. And as you get older, you begin to look at uh, making the best use of your time, whatever time the good Lord has for each one of us. So as you move closer to the end of your journey, the scales weigh more heavily in the past. Life experiences have accumulated. And there's where David's song resonates in us this morning. So in closing, if you are young and you have parents bringing you to church, count your blessings. I guarantee you will thank them one day. If you feel lost, troubled, hurt, lonely, maybe not even sure where you, why you are here today, I guarantee you the hound of heaven is seeking you. If you feel useless and life has no meaning, know this. God doesn't make junk. Jesus loves you, and you are here for a reason too. If, you're sense, if you sense that bond growing between you and God, then count your blessings, praise God, trust God, and worship God. No matter what your age, I pray you experience life as a Christian. As Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, verse 14, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water that I give, give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And now paraphrasing our dear Bishop Charlie Masters' words, search the scripture daily and at every opportunity. Speak to people about Jesus. And I've also heard that a prayer sung is a prayer prayed twice. So I close with this prayer. 
Mandy played it last week. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. For when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. May it be so in your life. May it be done. Amen.